and, uh, and share in the message too this morning. Thank you so much for your prayers and for your support over the last uh, few years. We were overseas. Our first term was uh, four years long, and we really enjoyed our time there. And now as we wrap up our furlough, we'll be heading back soon. Um, you were introduced to my wife and children. Uh, I just thank you, uh, Catherine, for your prayer. Um, God has answered your prayer about, uh, it was not a wimpy prayer, it was wherever you are, that was a very mighty prayer, and I thank you, Lord, for answering it in our lives. Um. <clears throat> Maybe I'll open up with a prayer of my own. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity and privilege of being part of your kingdom and to be able to serve you. Thank you, Lord, for redeeming us and for paying for our sin so we can be with you. And even now, we can walk with you in peace and in truth. Thank you, Lord, for your gifts and your mighty love for us. Thank you, Lord, for this church and their support for us. I pray for your blessing upon it. Upon them, Lord, all the people here, I pray, Lord, for uh, everyone who has who has loved ones who are who are away and who are struggling or in bondage, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your love for them and that you would draw them to, to us again. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Today I wanted to uh, speak on eternal things, um, all things eternal. There's a book written, uh, it's called Eternity in Their Hearts, and uh, it's about folks, tribal people around the world, in a sense of eternity they have. And also, um, you see that in leaders wanting to leave a legacy, you know, in government. Uh, you see it in religions around the world, this sense that there is an eternal aspect to something out there. And as I was preparing the message, I was wondering and asking myself, what is eternal exactly? Um, I thought of four things, perhaps five, so I'll ask you guys, what things comes to mind that you would say right off the bat is eternal? Anybody? Salvation. God. Yes, someone said God. Salvation. So the souls of men, right? The souls of men are eternal. So God is eternal. Our souls are eternal. Peace. Whether Peace. Peace. You're right. Yep, that's all wrapped up in God too, but I guess I'm number five. <laughs> Peace is eternal. Anything else? Forgiveness, yep. Love. So I have attributes of God, peace, love, joy. Those will all be eternal, wrapped up in God. Um, anything else? Promises. Promises. Well, you've got a longer list than I have. That's great. The scriptures are eternal. Um, anything else? Heaven. Heaven is eternal. Hell. Hell is eternal. Anything else? I should have asked you guys before I prepared my message. My word. <laughs> Anything else? Did anything happen today that is eternal in the service? That prayer of Catherine's, the offering, worship. How are those eternal? Any act of faith done through the power of Christ and for Christ is eternal because we receive eternal rewards because of it. 
So even though the actual action isn't eternal, the, the result of the action is eternal. <clears throat> I'm going to be uh, speaking on Psalms chapter 49 today. You can go there. Um, before we go there, and we can go there, but before we uh, read that, what things are not eternal? As you look around, what things aren't eternal? Material things? Suffering. Suffering? Excellent. What else? Fears? Fears. Oh, peer. Yeah. Tears. Tears. Okay, yeah, good. Sickness. Material things would include governments and bureaucracies and the troubles, even country, border, you know, state boundaries, you know, so many things. Currencies, and that's pretty obvious. We see currencies come and go throughout history. Um, leave your finger there in uh, Psalms 49. I'll read one verse in uh, Second Peter here before we go to Psalms. Second Peter chapter 3. <clears throat> chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. You've heard of the Big Bang. This is sort of God's version of the Big Bang in the last days. A great noise. Things will melt with fervent heat. Um, everything we see around us, all the works of men, will be burnt up. So those are things that are not eternal. Um, <clears throat> Uh, a little while ago, before I went to the field the first time, I had the experience and the, the privilege of going uh, before my family went there. I went back to my dad and uh, helped my dad close up his house in Laoche. Now, my parents worked in a tribal, with a tribal group in Indonesia, and I was actually born there in MK. My wife, she's, as you probably know already, um, her parents worked in Senegal, and they worked as missionaries there. So I went back to my dad. He was about to retire and to help him close the house up, kind of clean the house out so it could be used by future missionaries, um, uh, sell things there in the house. He sold things really cheap, and with the money, he bought a radio for the people. But as we were, as we were hiking up into the tribe, um, it wasn't a very long hike anymore because part of the trail was now an Ojek trail. That's a motorbike taxi. So you could hop on and pay a few bucks and get driven up partway. As we were walking into uh, sort of where our airstrip used to be, and uh, Dad thought it was still there, but as we were walking up, the airstrip was covered with new houses. And the government had some sort of building program for the people in the tribe, and they were giving them money for houses, and they had them built right there in the airstrip. It wasn't the people's choice, but the government saw this nice, clean land, and, and that really bothered my dad to see 
all the work and toil that went into that airstrip being now covered over with houses. But it was a very bittersweet time because as he went back and he saw the, the things that he had worked so hard to build falling away or growing over with trees or whatever, that was kind of hard for him. Um, that airstrip was a, a big part. You know, a lot of lives were saved, a lot of tribal folks were flown out for emergencies. Um, it was used by missionaries many years. And to see that all, all being sort of undone was very difficult. But at the same time, it was a very sweet time. As we were walking the trail, one person, I'm forgetting his name right now, Lalahati was his name. And he met my dad and he says, oh, you won't believe it. We're believers now. My wife and I both. And they were like, they lived pretty close to our house. And for so many years, 30 years they lived there, they just never warmed up to the gospel. And so many new folks were believing for the first time ever. Several hundred baptisms. I think it was like two or 400 new, new believers uh, the last year we were there in the tribe. Many new believers there. And it was so exciting. And so when they were looking around and seeing new believers and then old believers that were faithfully walking with God, there's something so eternal about that, so everlasting and so precious. And as we were walking on, um, got to our house, and it was kind of in disrepair. There was this big tree that was threatening to crush a generator pipe that provided power to our houses, and we cut that down. But at some point, I can, I can see my dad just sort of you know, letting go of those temporal things. And it was, it's not easy, because you live there 30 years. You sort of grow attached to things. It's just a natural way of things. But uh, um, let's preach Psalm chapter 49. We'll start in verse 6. I uh, could start in verse 1, but I wasn't sure how much time we had. Uh, uh, verse 6 of Psalms 49. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. There's sort of a funny transition here. It's talking about those trusting their wealth. And, and it doesn't even say in, in this translation anyway, they can save their own soul. It says they can't save the soul of their brother or redeem their, the soul of their brother, right? And we can't, can we? We can't redeem our, our friend or our, our, the soul of our brother. And sometimes the word redeem isn't used so much in our modern-day setting. But I suppose if, if slavery was still out and about and you were bought, bought with a price and someone owned you and then some, some kind person came and paid for your release and then said, you're free to go. That'd be redemption. You see redemption in the story of Boaz and Ruth and how Boaz was a kinsman redeemer for the estate of Naomi. For the redemption of their soul is precious, and it ceaseth forever. I looked that verse 8 up in another translation, and uh, in the Amplified, it says, For the ransom of a life is too costly, and the price one can pay can never suffice. Too costly, precious. And uh, as, as we were, Dad and I were walking around the tribe, seeing so many people believing and believers and the souls of men, there's something so precious about that. Um, if you'd like to turn to First Peter, 
chapter 1. First Peter 1, verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. Uh, you know, we'll start in verse 18. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from, vain com- from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, <clears throat> who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. So why are the souls of men precious? Is because being an of myself and precious? Am I, am I precious? <laughs> Apart from God, am I of any remarkable value? Only because I was redeemed and bought with precious blood. And that makes us precious, the souls of men. Because it was a price that was paid to buy it, to buy our souls. <clears throat> also in Isaiah thirteen twelve, Along the same, the same line of thought. Isaiah thirteen twelve. I will make I will make a man more precious than fine gold, even a man than the golden wedge of Ophir. Some translations say rare, but I like the word precious there, and uh, I think it's more than just being rare there. I think it's our he, God will make a man more precious. We in of ourselves aren't precious, but He will make a man more precious um, than gold. Okay, Psalms 49 again, verses 10 through 10 through uh, 11 here. For he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool, and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others. I like verse 11. In uh, King James, in several translations, it says, their inward thought is, comma. And I was curious why some didn't have that phrase. And I I noticed in the footnotes, another one, I think it was NIV, it said that that phrase is from the Hebrew Old Testament. But if you look at the Septuagint, it doesn't have that phrase, or the Syriac of the Old Testament, which which is interesting. I'm not sure why. But the Septuagint is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. It's a translation some say Jesus used when he quoted the Old Testament in certain contexts. So if there was ever a translation that had God's stamp of approval, in a sense, it would have been Septuagint. A very, very common, a very popular scripture uh, Bible back then. Um, but yeah, in the Hebrew it has that line, their inward thought is, and I kind of like that, their inward thought is that their houses shall continue forever and their dwelling places to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. Now, God knows we need homes to live in and we need cars to drive. I mean, he knows our needs, especially up here where it's cold. You might survive okay in a tent in Indonesia, but 
not for long in the winters here. He knows we have these things, but it just it's important to guard our hearts and our minds in these things. Uh, Rachel and I owned a house in St. Thomas, and because of God's call in our lives, we were able to sell that and move on to the missions training. But I remember, I remember going through, and when I was, before we were challenged into missions, I remember working at a house, and that house, I just sort of presumed that we would grow old there, you know, that that'd be, like it says here, my inward thought was, you know, maybe someday I would, if I could, name the street after our name, <laughs> you know, Watley Street or whatever. And people like to do that. Um, their inward thought is. So as we were discussing before, what isn't forever, what isn't eternal? It's important once in a while to do a heart check on what we invest our lives into. And repairs in our houses are necessary, no question there. But how much passion we put into some things and not into the work and service of God. Keep reading here. Nevertheless, man, man, sorry, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. This their way is their folly, yet their posterity approve their sayings. Sila. Sila means stop and think about that. I like that word. Like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the mo- in the morning. And their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. I like that phrase. The upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. When all is said and done, when the dust settles, I saw a picture one time of all these scientists and they're they're clambering up this mountain. The mountain was called Truth. And at the very top was this, was this uh, this wise person reading the scriptures, you know. And when it was all said and done, he realized they are right after all. <laughs> it was all about God and the Bible and what the Lord has done. And, and uh, in the morning, when the dust settles, the upright shall have dominion. Even though now, as you, as you uh, look around sometimes, evil men prosper. They seem so powerful. Um, speaking of strongholds, I have many friends in Indonesia that are Muslim. I pray for them uh, quite often. I, I pray for their salvation, for their kids. And... Uh, Sometimes my prayers get rather wimpy. I feel so, man, what, what, how will it ever happen? Their religion is so big, so sophisticated. Mecca and these big cities and mosques. And there's so many Muslims. There's more Muslims in Indonesia than any other country in the world. It's the most populous Muslim country in the world. But there's good things happening, too. They say more Muslims have come to Christ or in uh, Iran the last, I think it's 50 years or maybe it's 100 years in the previous 2,000 years combined. There's great movements of God around even Arab countries where Muslims are coming to Christ. And even within our own mission, new tribes, every 45 days a new people group, on average, is hearing the gospel for the first time. Wonderful things are happening, not just in new tribe mission, but around the world. And as you would know, I was looking through your flyer, your, you know, things you have in Haiti going on, and the other missionaries, Paul, and, or, uh, the Wilhelm Sens, Jim and Millie, Wilhelm Sen. And uh, it's, it's really neat to be part of that. To be investing in our lives in something so eternal. So, so lasting. 
But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me, Selah. In the Catholic Church, that would be called a sin of presumption. Have you heard of that expression, the sin of presumption? It's to presume that I am saved and going to be with God. That God has forgiven me. That's, uh, that's not kosher in, in some churches. But we know from the Bible that we can know we are going to be with God. Because the Holy Spirit can bear witness in our spirit that we are his children. And we can know from scriptures what it means to be Christian. How can we know this to be true? We know this to be true because Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin. And he offers salvation. He offers pardon and redemption to anyone who would believe. In Matthew, let's go there, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. I like the way Jesus talked, and apparently the people at that time did, did too. They listened very intently. The soldiers came back without Jesus one day, and they said, well, why didn't you get him? No man ever talked as this man talks. <laughs> when he talked, it would put goosebumps on your arm. Everything he said just was said with quiet, but incredible authority. Or maybe with some volume too, like in the temple. He talked as if he was God, and he was. When people heard him talk, they were very afraid if they were on the wrong side. They knew, the leaders at that time, the priests and people that had sort of set up their own system of, of worship of their God, they, they thought that they were calling the shots. When they heard Jesus talk, they were new in their heart of hearts, that this could change everything. This man represented all things that they never never possessed, the power and the authority that they never dreamed of, that Jesus was the end of it all, that he was the very pinnacle of history. Sometimes I tell unbelievers, did you know that our calendar is based on Jesus, even though they changed B.C. to B.C.E., before Common Era, used to be before Christ, used to be Anno Domini, in the year of our Lord, now it's C.E., Common Era. Common Era, what's that? <laughs> Makes no sense. Anyway, in this passage, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were brothers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. <clears throat> and they straightway left their nets and followed him. I don't know how, uh, how great a job fishing was or how much money they were making, but to follow this person who presumably was somewhat a stranger to them and desired to become fishers of men, it would have been neat sometimes to see a little video clip of some of these scenarios, you know, of that happening. Um, other times Jesus said, follow me, and people didn't follow him. They had something that was too dear to them. But here they did. They followed him. 
And we too can be fishers of men in our community, in all those special spheres of influence each one of you have in your community here. You can be a light and a fisher of men. What a glorious privilege that we can represent the Christ, Jesus, Messiah. I'm going to go back to Second Peter there and read the couple more verses after verse 10. Second Peter chapter 3. First Peter, Second Peter, Second Peter three verses eleven through thirteen. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? And look at verse twelve, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Looking forward to, and anticipating that day, when all things will be burnt up. Can I honestly say, can we honestly say, that we are looking forward to that day? We might be able to honestly say that. It, sometimes it's, um, it's, I think it's easier for someone who's, who's always in the move, and never living anywhere permanently, but it's a challenge in our hearts. Even for missionaries who move into the tribe, that they're permanently in the tribe for 30 years. It's a challenge in our hearts to always guard our heart. Are we looking forward to that day? I know my father was. He always was. My parents. Their life was such a legacy to us kids. And what it meant to, to seek God, to serve Him, and to put Him as first place. For many of you, it's that way too. And you'll be an example to those around you. Let us be steadfast and fervent in the work of the Lord, seeking first the kingdom of God, eternal treasures that will endure the purging fire that will engulf the whole world. Um, we have a presentation, but I think we're going to show that later, right? During the luncheon or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe after that, if there's any uh, um, any questions about our time overseas, uh, it'll be give you a little bit of a backdrop for that. Um, that's all right, and that's all I have for today.